This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your wisdom. And I ask you today that this that you spoke to me will connect with those in this room you've sent it for. For you said your word would not return void. Lord, let my words somehow get out of the way, and may we run right into your words. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'll never forget the morning Christina ran a uh, marathon. It was a cold morning. It was, uh, uh, I don't know who would want to do that to themselves anyways. But we go out and we get in the place of this marathon. And now look look at me and think about marathon runners. That's all I want to say here on this one. They started asking me if I was running. They were in tennis shoes. They were in tights. They were in little short things they could lose the layers of. I was in blue jeans, moccasins, and a T-shirt. And people started coming up to me and saying, are you running today? I just started warming up. I'm telling you, I just started, oh, it's going to be a good one today. And you can see them looking like, we want to see this guy run this race. I'm just going to be real plain with you. I could not have run to the starting line. As a matter of fact, if I'm running, you need to start. Some of you slow, but we'll wait for you. It's worth waiting on, all right? But uh, uh, I'm not in the condition to be in the position of a marathon runner. I get that. So why I tell you that story is I want you to understand that the condition you're in determines the position you can hold. If you're not in the right condition, you're going to find yourself having to forfeit certain positions that you might desire. And so today, I want to talk to you about getting the right condition so you can hold the position that God has called you to, so that you can walk in the position that God has chosen you for. And we're going to go about this in one of our last sermons in this supernatural series. And and we've been studying the fact that we serve a supernatural God who interacts in our lives in supernatural ways. Can I get an amen for that? Some people want God to be able to be bundled up and tied up and and just so they can bring him out when they want to. But I've come to preach to you a God who wants to break into your life and he wants to mess up everything that you thought was normal and give you a new normal that's a lot better. That's God's plan for your life. And so today, I want to take you on a journey that will deal with the fact that your condition determines your position. And sometimes you lose your position because your condition is not what it's supposed to be. So just so I know we're on the right path together, let's deal with this together for just a moment. I said that your condition determines your position. position and your position is determined by your condition. All right, so we're in the right place together. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. If you have your Bibles, open your, your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 4. And we're going to go down uh, to verse number 12, verse number 12, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, bring you this message when angels move. And we're going to tie a whole lot of things together. And when this verse came in the past, here's my desire. I'm going to take you from Hebrews to Genesis, from Genesis to Exodus, from Exodus back to Matthew, and then we're going to tie this all together, what it has to do for any of us. 
All right, here we go. You've not laughed at the jokes the other two services laughed at, so we're in, we're in for a real move on this service, I guess. All right, pay attention. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper, watch this, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Now stop for just a moment. My whole life, I've heard preachers expound on the power of the two-edged sword. And usually at this point, they start speaking about the Roman short sword that was double-sided and they could cut going and and coming. And, and, And that's just the way this verse has always been translated. But as I began to study the depth of the word, I found that there's a connection between this verse, this two-edged sword, and another sword that is present throughout the scripture. It's present throughout time almost. And so I want to show you today the connection. We're going to have to go all the way back to Genesis to find that. But it's sharper than the two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. So it's able to do what it's sent to do between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. There is a sword that is going to, watch this, expose or reveal your condition. Are you with me? There is a sword that's going to reveal your condition. So your condition determines your position. And with my untied shoe, I may lose a position if I get too close to this edge again. All right. I almost went over there. That would have been a good sight to see, wouldn't it, this morning? Amen. All right. So with that said, let's talk about position, condition, and where the problem came from. Now, we have to understand that we've been talking about angels as well. And here's what I learned in the Bible, that angels are not free to move the way that we are in their own free will. They are given a specific position that they have to occupy. Angels are given key places that they're told to hold on to. And as they hold on to these key places, as they hold on to these places, it determines the success or failure of their assignment. So God gives angels specific positions to hold. Now we're talking about condition that changes because of a lack of a position. And these angels are, are given several different positions throughout Scripture. In Psalms 34, Psalms 91, we're told of one of the positions that angels are given. Angels are told to find believers and encamp around them. That is a position that they are given. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says that of the little children that they are given an angel in position in their life that, that is in heaven, an angel that guards them of small children. And in Revelation, we see over and over again in Revelation chapter 7, we see where there are four angels who are given the position to stand and they're holding back the judgment that's to come upon the earth. Over just a little bit further, we find uh, uh, some other angels in chapter 8 that, that these angels are told to stand in the presence of God and their position is, They're holding trumpets in the presence of God. In Revelation 14 and 6, we see there are some angels that the position they're given is in the air and they go forth proclaiming an old eternal gospel. In Revelation 14 and 9 and 10, we find that there's some angels that are given the position to declare the judgment of the Lamb. Now, these assignments are given to them by God and their condition is determined by how they hold their position. In Jude chapter 1, verse number 6, we hear about some angels who abandoned their position. It says, and I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of the authority that God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. 
God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Now, look, I've got a a lot I want to talk to you about this morning, and I'll come back to my notes in just a moment. But I want you to understand that what we're seeing here is that when God gives a position, he wants you to keep that position. And by keeping that position, that reveals your condition. And these angels are said to have lost their position, or they left their position, and thus their new condition is not what it's supposed to be. Now, what does that have to do for us? What does that matter for a believer? How is that important for us in any form, fashion, or way that the condition of an angel is changed because they left their position? Well, it's kind of mirrored in our own lives, and I want to give you a few stories that involve angels so you'll understand about the position and the condition and why it's important for us. In case you don't leave this place being able to quote anything, you need to leave this place saying that my position is determined by my condition. All right. And it's really important that you be able to access that today. And we're going to tie all of this together. So let's talk about the first angels that we find in the Bible. And to find the first angels in the Bible, we actually find cherubim. Now, angels we talked about don't have wings, but cherubim, uh, every time they're described, they do have wings. And so we're going to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says that God placed or God positioned, he gave a position to Adam and Eve in the garden. Now stay with me. I promise you this is worth it in the end, that God gave them a position in the garden. And their condition was that they were innocent. Their condition was that they were sinless. And as long as they stayed in the sinless state, they lived happily in the position of the garden. But as it would, they were given a command. There was a tree of life that they were able to eat with uh, continually if they wanted to. And there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they were told, don't eat of that tree. Now we know of the unfortunateness of the moment that the serpent comes and he beguiles Eve and Eve reaches out and takes from that tree, then goes and gives to Adam. And they both directly break the command of God. When they break the command of God, I'm trying to get you somewhere. Stay with me. But when they break the command of God, here's what happens. All of a sudden, their condition changes and their condition determines their position. So there's a problem. You see, before when they were in the position of the garden, God would come down in the cool of the day and God would walk with him and God would talk with him and they would walk in fellowship with God. That was the position that they held, that they were in the right place with God. But now all of a sudden they've made a mistake. They've fallen. They brought sin into their lives. Things have changed. Their condition has changed. So the next time that God comes walking in the garden, they're not in their normal position. Can you imagine what it must have been like if God was coming to see you? I would have been up at dawn waiting for God to get there in the cool of the day. I would have been waiting for him to show up. But instead of being in their normal position, they were hiding in the bushes because their condition had changed. Thus, they lost their position. And there was a problem. So God comes into the garden knowing what's happened. And here's what God does. This is the kind of God that we serve. When God finds somebody in the wrong condition that's messing up their position, I love what God does. God takes and he clothes them. He says, you're in a bad condition, but I'm going to make you better. And I'm going to take care of you until you get better. Come on now. Amen. He says, you've lost your position, but I'm going to start a path that's going to lead you back to the right position. And here's what he has to do. He has to expel them from the garden because they no longer live in the condition to live within the position of the garden. So they're expelled from the garden. 
And in order to keep people out of the garden, he places two cherubim, two massive beings. He places them on each side of the gate, as it were, to Eden on the east side of the garden. And these two cherubim have between them, this is important, they have between them a fiery two-edged sword. They have going between them to guard the way this fiery two-edged sword. Why are these angels placed there? Well, I probably said it enough, all right, that you can get it this morning, but the angels are guarding the position of the tree of life. They're guarding the place that man used to be able to go, and the sword is placed there that if anyone tries to go up to that position without being in the right condition, that it will destroy them. Now, we think about Adam and Eve maybe trying to sneak back into the garden, and the sword is there to keep them out. The angels are there to keep them out. But we have a wrong perspective. If you study what a life, uh, with the lifespan of Adam and Eve all the way down to Noah, these extended lifespans with extended health and, and the superiority of this brand new creature of, uh, of humanity, if you were to study it, scientists and theologians can, can agree that without the restrictions we have today, that by the time of Noah, they're quite possibly was one billion people living on the planet at the time of the flood. Can you imagine that these angels were given this position to stand and all these people would have been able to see the position that was lost and they would know that they cannot go up to that position because their condition is not right. Now, I can pick on Adam and Eve for a few moments, but let me just stop and be honest. We don't need to judge Adam and Eve too harshly because a lot of us, our condition has affected our position yet even this morning. I'm going to feel this for just a moment, so I'm trying to calm myself down so I can, can get through this sermon because I, I want to preach for a moment, but, but you're actually learning. I can see it in your eyes. You see, you come through those doors and you failed yesterday. Now, I know none of you have ever failed, but I have. And the first thing the devil tells me is your condition has made God not want you here today. How <laughs> I many of you would say that, I mean, literally that's happened like during worship. You're like, I, I'm not worthy. Could you let me see your hand if that's you? Okay. That happens to you right there. Imagine what I have to go through, come from there to right here. My condition screams at me. And because our condition screams at us that we're not worthy and we've fallen and we've struggled and we have all these faults and problems and, and weaknesses in our lives that's screaming at us, we will avoid the position that God's called us to as worshipers, as the righteous children of the living God. We'll avoid that position because we don't want to be in there because we, all we can think about is our fallen condition. And Adam and Eve created a problem. They brought about the wrong condition and they cost us our position. And these angels would have to stand guard over that position, and listen, this is important, until the time of the flood. Now, why only until the time of the flood? Because at the time of the flood, the earth was turned over and the garden was washed away. So no matter how many people set out to find the Garden of Eden, it's not there. But the angels were given a position. And the angel's condition is determined whether or not they hold their position. So what happened to these angels that were given the position that were supposed to block the way to life? Now, why were they called to block the way to life? The reason they were called to block the way to life is if someone in a fallen condition were to come in and try to obtain the right position by eating the tree of life, they would have been condemned in that state for all eternity. And death was necessary. 
And with death being necessary to change the condition, to reopen the position, there was a problem. So God had to position these two cherubim. And at the flood, the the garden is gone. So where do the cherubim go? Well, I can bring you back around to it in the book of Exodus. Are you ready for this? Go to the book of Exodus if you want. You can read along with me. I'm going to run through it real fast today. But go to the book of Exodus, chapter 26 and verse number 31. In Exodus chapter 26, verse number 31, we see these cherubim again. Now remember, blocking the way to life were two great cherubim, and what was in the middle of them? A fiery sword. Now, just because the garden was gone, God did not free them from their position, and these angels were going to stay in their position. So in Exodus chapter 26, we see these cherubim again, and God says, I want you to make a veil. And on that veil, I want you to make it purple and blue with scarlet threads. And I want you to embroider on the veil two cherubim. And on that, those two cherubim will be, as it were, standing on the veil, blocking the, it says, the holy place from the most holy place. Now, to understand the importance of that, we have to understand that the reason that the angel stood guard was blocking the way to the tree of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the Life, because in the tabernacle, there were three gates, the way, the truth, and the last gate that went into the holy place was called the life. And so he said, I'm going to position these cherubim again, and they're going to stand on the other side uh, of the holy place to keep those who were unworthy out, because on the other side is where the ark of God's presence will dwell. On the other side is where God's presence will exist, and man cannot come into life because they're in the wrong condition, thus they can't take that position. So the angels for thousands of more years would stand guard on that veil. And as they stood guard, you're going, Pastor, what does this have to do with anything in my life? I'm trying to get you there. Just stay with me for just a moment more. What does that have to do about God wanting to change your condition to get you back to the right position? Watch this. So the Bible tells us that only once a year, Hebrews tells us tells us this. It's over in Hebrews chapter 9. It says, but the only one who could enter in, watch this, was the high priest. They could enter into the inner room, and that was only once a year. They could only go in once a year and they could only go in once a year if they were covered in the blood. Now watch this. God says you can't come to the position in the wrong condition. And so the high priest would come before the cherubim that have followed down through time and the cherubim are, are there hanging. And as he would approach that, we have the two cherubim, but we're missing a key ingredient because between the cherubim was a thing called what? The fiery sword. Do you know what they called the veil in Hebrew? The fiery sword. They called the veil the fiery sword because if you went under the veil, you couldn't go through it. It was solid. But if you went under the veil without being in the right condition, you would die. As a matter of fact, when the high priest would go under the veil, they would tie a, a, a rope around his leg. And as he would go under the veil to minister, he, and I'll talk about it in a moment, if he was not in the right condition, they would have to pull his dead body out from under the veil because the sword would have killed him. Pastor, what does that have to do with anything? Look, I know this is deep. 
I know it's different, but I just happen to believe that God gave it to me to give you because I'm about to show you the truth that he revealed to me through this. Are you ready for this? Watch this. So we have angels blocking the way to life. We have angels blocking the way to life. The only way anybody could even get in was the, the, the leader of the people, the chosen high priest, had to lower himself from his position to the lowest part to get on his belly. He would hold a censer underneath the veil and he would let it the smoke fill up inside so he couldn't see anything in there lest he die. And then with the blood-covered sacrifice upon him, with the blood upon him, he would go under the veil praying that his condition would not cause him to die. This was not God's plan. God did not cause man to be formed. God did not create man so that man could live in a constant divide from him. God did not create a man to live out of man's position. And that caused a great problem because it was not God's plan. And the angels were standing in the way of man coming into the right position with God. Now, these angels would stand from the tabernacle to the temple. And they would stand And this veil and its sacredness would stand for 2,000 years. 2,000 years of people crawling under. 2,000 years of people burning incense. 2,000 years of people just wanting to get into the other side. And I have to bring you from, from Hebrews to Genesis, from Genesis to Exodus. And now let me take you from Exodus all the way to Matthew 27, where we were last week. And I, I hope that you can get this some of the way that God showed it to me. And this is what I, I found so amazing. Watch this. We have the cherubim, we have the fiery sword. We have the cherubim, and we have the fiery sword. But the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross and he cried out what I talked to you about last week, it is kalal. It is finished. It is complete. It is you. I see you and I've chosen you. When Jesus cried that out, something happens. In Matthew 27, it says he released his spirit. And at the moment, the veil in the temple was what? Hold on. Who stood at the gate? The cherubim. Who was on the veil? And the veil was torn. So, so what happened? For lack of a better way to describe this, when Jesus said it is finished, the veil was torn. I just, sorry, this is not even super spiritual, but it's just cool. It's like the angels went done and moved. It's like the angel said, come on in. No longer with a veiled face, but with an unveiled face. Come on into the presence of God. The angel, watch this, because here's what Jesus did. When the angels moved, it was a revelation that God no longer was keeping you out of your position because of your condition. Now, hold on a minute. Most of us want to change our condition so that we can then come and be a Christian, but that's not the way that Jesus said. He said, no, 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 no. You see, they lost their position because they changed their condition. Jesus said, I'm going to give you back your position and your position is going to help you change your condition. You see... Before we had to stay out here and let somebody else go in, but now the Bible says, I mean, I I just, I'm trying to get you there. I'm sorry. I I feel like a kid on Christmas morning. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19. And so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly, what? 
boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened. The angels moved a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go, what? Right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciousness have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. All right, so the angels have moved. I can now come into the position of being God's child again. I can walk with him. I can talk with him. But what happened to the sword? Where's the sword? The word. All right, the position was lost because the condition was changed. The condition no longer keeps me out of the position because it's granted by the blood of Jesus Christ. But the word is what cleans my condition to cause me to live up to the standard of the position. I'm preaching truth. The word... Now, see, we had 81 people last weekend either pray to receive Christ or rededicate their lives to Jesus Christ. That's awesome. But I don't want it to be just about the position. Now it's time for the Word to start changing their condition. Jesus has saved them. Jesus has set them free. But you see, we can't just focus on the position. We've got to let the Word cut away at our condition. Now, I know what they say. If you ever want a church to grow, you have to stop preaching holiness. I guess we're stuck. Or could it be that if you really preach God's word, God's word's going to take care of the situation? Could it be that it's not just about me praying the prayer to get the right position, that God said, I don't want you to still feel like a loser. I want to make you a champion. That God says, you may have come to this position a liar, but now you're going to become a champion of truth. You may have come to this position broken. It may have carried your family for generations, but you're in a new position now because you boldly have come in before the presence of God, and now the Word is going to be applied to your life, and you're not going to talk like you used to talk. You're not going to act like you used to act. You're not going to go where you used to go because the Word's going to change your condition. Am I making sense to anybody this morning? Now, hold on. Here's the problem. Pastor, how do I get in the right position? Faith in Jesus. How do you get in the right condition? Letting the word work in your life. It'll be hard sometimes. It may mean you have to look at the neighbor. You want to slap and you have to smile. Nobody's ever had your neighbor mess with your child. Nobody's ever had somebody in your job steal your promotion. You're going to have to act like a Christian by the word. Your position is settled in Christ. But if you want the supernatural, you better get in the right condition. My point is made. We lost our position because our condition changed. Jesus took us in the condition we're in and gave us back our position. But he left us with the word. I'm trying to pastor you today. 
Last weekend, I told you to find Jesus. This weekend, I'm telling you, let Jesus work in your life. It's not just about praying a prayer and then not changing. It's about praying a prayer and letting God make us new. That the sin and the struggles and the pains and the burdens are all cut away. And the grace of God becomes ours to claim. And before long, you won't even recognize who you are because God has changed your condition by bringing you to a new position. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.